Hello. Hey, Jake. What's up, Josh? What's up? I have a uh, very theoretical question today. Philosophical, if you may. <laughs> if I may. It's good. I'm um, much better at talking about jujitsu than doing jujitsu. So <laughs> this is uh, perfect. So this is another. Actually, you know, it's kind of funny. I feel like a lot of our, some of our early conversations, like before we started doing the podcast, when I was like my first month getting to jujitsu, we would talk on the phone for like hours. And I remember we would talk a lot about chess and the differences and similarities because I hadn't done jujitsu, but I did play chess. So this is kind of related. I once <clears throat> heard an interview with this grandmaster, Maurice Ashley, um, chess player. And he was on, I think it was Trevor Noah's show. And Trevor Noah said, what's a lesson from chess that you can apply to real life? Like, does this have any real life application at all? And Maurice Ashley said, yes, in chess, in the beginning, when you're a beginner, all you focus on is like your plan, what you're trying to do to your opponent. And he said, but in, in real life and in chess, it's more important to learn about what your opponent is trying to do and what their objectives are and their plans. And I I feel like in jujitsu, maybe there's a similarity there because uh, I never think about what my opponent's doing. But yeah, how, how do you balance focusing on what you want versus what your opponent wants when you're when you're rolling? Yeah, that's a it's a really interesting question, which is why I wanted to talk about it this week. I think it's I think it's a good one. Um, and I think there are like different ways of, of looking at it because I've heard Josh McKinney from the Isaac Jiu Jitsu show. He talked about how kind of like the advice he got from I don't remember if it was like his instructor or just like some seminar he went to. Um, but either way, basically the advice that he found helpful during competition is to just like focus on you and doing like your jujitsu in competition. And uh, I could see how that can be very helpful. And uh, it reminds me of kind of like you're connecting it to chess. I, I've been golfing a lot recently. And basically like a, a psychological trick they tell you in golf is like if there's water on the left and you think to yourself, okay, don't hit it left because there's water there. You're probably going to hit it left because there's that's what you thought about. Or you're just going to like hit it super far right and it's going to be a terrible shot, right? Instead of like committing to your shot and just like trusting your swing. Same thing with like archery that we both do. Like right before you shoot, you're like, okay, don't miss it left. Like you're probably going to miss it left. Um, so kind of Josh's point is like, if all you're thinking about is, okay, I know this guy's good at triangles. Like, what am I going to do when he puts me in a triangle? Then you're probably going to get put in a triangle just because like, you're already like thinking about, about that, you know? Um, so I get that side of it. It makes like total sense. Um, but then like from, uh, uh, like energy conservation standpoint, like it's much, I feel like easier to be like, okay, I know this person wants an underhook to keep me flat. I'm just going to kind of wait for him to reach for this underhook and capitalize on that extension. So like, I think you can play it both ways. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think at least my initial thoughts are like competition wise, it's probably more effective to just like, I'm doing my game and I'm implementing my game on you. And then just like efficiency wise, it might be better to like, let them do half the work for you and just kind of beat them to the spot. Um, Cause you know where they want to go kind of thing. Right. Interesting. You know, it reminds me of um, that one episode with Josh Waitskin and Tim Ferriss, when Josh was talking about, um, 
Marcelo Garcia. Is that his name? Yep. Yeah. Yep. And he was saying Marcelo Garcia was doing this on uh, MG in action, or maybe he was just posting a lot of his training footage online. And then people were like, dude, you're giving away all your secrets. Like everyone's going to know your game. And Marcelo's mindset was if they're studying my game, they'll be playing my game and I'll be better at it. <laughs> and it was kind of a brilliant, I don't know. I just philosophically, I was like, wow, that is really interesting. How about you? When you roll, like, do you find yourself mostly focused? I guess there's a bit of both, right? Yeah, it's kind of an interesting philosophical, like, gray area, I feel like. Right. I definitely think there's there's a balance. And I think just personality-wise, I think I gear towards the, like, let them do half the work and kind of, like, understand where they're going and what they want and try and capitalize on that as opposed to imposing my will on people. But, you know, just getting kind of like putting my feet in the water when, when I was working on the half guard passing, like it kind of is that type of mentality, like smash people and make it very uncomfortable for them. And uh, even if they want that underhook and you know, they want that underhook, like it does, it's useless pretty much if you can get it because you're in a position that is just like, so compromised, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, I think that was kind of my first real like implementation of that type of mentality. Whereas growing up in jujitsu, I was definitely more favored towards, um, yeah, just like knowing what people want to do and trying to beat them to the spot, which is probably why I've never really been drawn to competition. And like, it just doesn't really like get my blood flow and like, Oh, I can't wait to go out there and like bump heads with this dude and see who's tougher. It's like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. doesn't really do it for me. Yeah. Huh. Do you think playing offense, you're thinking more about what you're doing and maybe defense you're thinking about more what they're doing. Another thing to maybe think about. Um, and it kind of goes back to what you, what you said that the chess grandmaster said, like in the beginning, all you were thinking about is what you're doing where, like in the beginning, if you're trying to do like an arm bar from guard, all you're thinking about is what you're doing because the steps are super conscious for you. So you have to think about what you're doing if you're going to do the move right. Whereas as you can do the move subconsciously, you can start to think about what they're doing as opposed to what you're doing and, and the resistance that, that they're giving you so you can like counter their resistance. So maybe that's another layer of uh, of this conversation that's that's helpful to think about. Damn. This one I feel like is so esoteric. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's like, whoa, jujitsu is well, it's a it's so esoteric. I think if I if I were to just subjectively think about like my last few roles or most of my roles, I would probably say uh 95% of the time I'm I'm thinking about what I'm trying to do. Um yeah, unless the only time I'm thinking about what they're trying to do is I think when I'm about to get tapped out <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I really just have to stop this thing that's happening to me. Um, but maybe when you get more advanced, you start thinking about what they're trying to do earlier <laughs> than when it's like right. almost over. And I think that's a really good point that might circle back to, uh, uh, to our film study conversation and like filming yourself role, because maybe in the moment, like, especially for me, if I'm like trying to implement a new technique, all I'm thinking about is how to do that move. And I'm trying to make my body do the right movement. I'm not necessarily thinking about what they're doing. Um, but then when you go back and watch the film and watch yourself do it, a lot of times you're able to do both, right? You're able to watch 
me and be like, okay, maybe I need to get my head out farther when I'm doing this technique. It doesn't quite look like, you know, Gordon doing it because my head is still like underneath the dude instead of to the side or whatever. And then like the second aspect of that is like picking apart their resistance and you can kind of just like slow things down and, and do both. And, and, um, whereas in the moment you can really only do one, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I remember, uh, like when I roll with people who are much better than me and they can kind of just do whatever they want, if, and I, I think everyone has this experience. It feels like they're just multiple steps ahead of you. It's like they're reading your mind almost. And, uh, do you think those guys are just thinking about what you're doing and they're just, you know, when they're rolling with you, when they're so much more advanced? Um, yes. And they're, they're just kind of like used to the reactions and it probably goes back to, uh, they're focused on what you're doing and they have reactions like pre-programmed. So (laughs) they're not, they're not thinking about like the technique they're thinking about like, okay, if this guy's feet are above his knees, I'm doing this type of passing. And then as soon as his feet go below his knees, I'm doing this other type of passing, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and it could relate to a specific technique or it could also just relate to a like type of passing like okay i'm going to go from loose passing and then as soon as this foot goes below the knees then i'm going to go tight passing or whatever you know or vice versa whatever um so i think it's probably they're one thinking more generally as opposed to specifically they're not thinking about individual techniques they're just thinking about little battles and it just feels like oh man they're way ahead of me even though they might not even have an idea of like what they did you know Mm -hmm. they just tried to keep you flat on your back and they did that you know um so yeah i think they're probably thinking more generally as opposed to you probably think that they are like so smart because they remember like two thousand techniques it's like that's probably not the case right right interesting (laughs) they're probably no smarter than you yeah this reminds me of um a a common mistake i i feel i I get myself into is because i don't have as much as many jujitsu movement patterns under my belt. And it's the one where like, you just hold on to something for too long. Like if I'm holding onto someone's back and they're escaping instead of me, just, you know what, let this go. Let me transition them out versus like, dude, let me hold, let me get them, get me under them again. And then all of a sudden they're on top and then, yeah. Um, but yeah, I wonder what other kind of practical tips like that can come out of this thinking of like too much focus on self versus too much on others. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I, I probably, I think there's a balance um, that has to be done, but I, I do think kind of like the, the grandmaster said, probably like as you develop your game, you're probably going to be reacting more to what they do. And then your body will do the movement on its own. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're not necessarily thinking about what you're doing as much as you're reacting to their responses. So that's probably like what I would lean towards. Um, but yeah, at the same time, like, like kind of like we were talking about with, with Josh talking about competition, like your focus should be on like positive instead of worrying about their really good triangle or whatever. Um, so it is, it's kind of weird um, to think about and try and try and put into <laughs> words, but yeah. Yeah, it is. I, I remember I went to a, 
uh, neuro linguistic programming workshop in Las Vegas. It's like this, I think like Tony Robbins was really into that kind of stuff. And they also said like, when you teach a kid and you don't want the kid to go run in the middle of the street, you don't say, don't run into the street. You tell them stay on the sidewalk. Cause they say, if you say, don't think about a pink elephant, bam, it's like, boom, that's all you can think about is a pink elephant. So they say, think about an orange cup. And so now you're directing people instead of like planning these negative things. So I wonder if that, that there is some kind of psychological trickery going on in there when it comes to performance psychology or sports psychology type of thing. I heard same with race car drivers. Like if they just keep focusing on the wall, like they just go where their eyes go, their focus goes, their body goes and suddenly they're in the wall. So yeah, I think there is an aspect there of like, instead of focusing on what you fear to focus on what you want your goal or your outcome so there's that yeah there's that piece as you all know by now i'm a huge fan of journaling for jujitsu and in life and i've been working on a journaling app called sherpa it's designed to give you a few journaling prompts to set an intention plan or goal before you go to practice and then reflect afterwards to help you get the most out of your training and guide your focus Sherpa uses AI to analyze your entries, gives you summaries and insights over time to show you where you're progressing and then pinpoint areas of improvement for you to focus on. We're looking for athletes to test out the app on a free trial and give us some feedback to help us shape the future of the app. So if you're interested in joining, you can sign up at the waitlist in the episode description or directly at the website sherpajournal.ai. That's S-H-E-R-P-A journal.ai. And it's cool. I think that I think you did a good job of explaining it there, how there are a lot of elements from other sports that we can start to apply to jujitsu. And I think we're really starting to see the beginning of that happening as far as like training methods go and like this sports psychology stuff. I think, I think things are going to rapidly develop um, and it's going to be a, it's going to be a fun ride. Yeah. Okay, so at the risk of taking this way too esoteric, let me throw in another chess piece around this. Um, so in the beginning when I started playing chess, I was, especially in openings, I'm just like focusing on what I'm trying to do. I'm a lot of times attacking, like, ooh, let me get this out there. Let me put this over there and attack that. But I don't think about the repercussions. It's kind of like, I guess, in jujitsu, let me just grab these for this, but you're leaving your arms so extended or whatever. And I end up in all these kimuras all the time. <laughs> I'm noticing that now. Actually, that's exactly what's happening. But um, in chess, they say you're, once your opponent moves and it's my move, that I should think about defense first. What are the threats, checks, and attacks that my opponent can can do in this position? And once I'm like, okay, cool. I, there's no big threats, no big checks, and no big attacks on me. All right, now let me think offense. What can I do there? I have no idea if and what that might relate to jujitsu, but do you have any reactions to that? Yeah, that makes me think of two things actually. So um, Danaher talks about how in his like escape instructionals, how like basically the first priority is to just make yourself somewhat comfortable. Like don't die. Like if someone is like cross-facing the crap out of you, alleviate some pressure so you can think coherently, you know? So that's like, yeah, rule number one, don't die. And then like, you know, then start to make 
smart decisions as opposed to emotional decisions. So kind of reminds me of that. Um, and then it also kind of reminds me of what I've been kind of thinking a lot about recently and what I recently made a YouTube video about, but um, the idea of frames and hooks. And if you only have like one frame keeping someone away from you and you're using all three of your other limbs to hold someone close to you so you can attack them, as soon as they beat that one frame, then you're getting smashed and you're losing. So it's a very risky strategy as opposed to flipping it and say, okay, I have three frames and one hook. So I'm prioritizing frames, meaning I'm, if worst case scenario, if this doesn't work, they're going to back away from me and we start from neutral. As opposed to if you prioritize hooks, worst case scenario, you're getting smashed. So it's prioritize defense, like you said, like make sure you're good. And then if like in the, in the case of a lot of like guard passing situations, if they're just trying to like plow through your frames and they're basically presenting opportunities to you on a platter, then you can start to convert some of those frames to hooks and capitalize on their overextension. But your priority should be, in my opinion, especially if like people are bigger than you, you should prioritize frames and then work your way to kind of like, you know, build more hooks in place to, to set up your counterattacks, but defense first kind of thing. Yeah. Defense first. Yeah. The piece in the chest is they would say in your position, think about even if let, let's say I'm thinking about my next move for 10 minutes, they said, it's fine. If you only think defense for like 30 seconds, but make that the first 30 seconds, just check off. Hey, I'm going to, I'm not going to die here. Cool. Now what can, now let's have fun. Like, what can I go and attack with? It makes me think of the defense and offensive cycles too. It's like, okay, cool. I'm not going to die and immediately go into like some off balance or some kind of attack. You know, thinking about trying to connect these two esoteric ideas, because <laughs> we're basically talking about like, if you're thinking about like, okay, like this guy's got a really good triangle and you get put in a triangle and then you try and defend the triangle. I think a lot of people stress how important defense is. And when people, especially for beginner people, and when beginner people are thinking about defense, they're often taught, okay, this is how to escape side control. This is how to escape mount. They're not taught in terms of frames and hooks. Like I just spelled out like that. So what they're thinking of themselves is, okay, I know how to escape side control. So when this person is like almost around side control, they're like, okay, take side control. Cause that's where I know how to escape. Not, I need to start getting my frames in and prioritizing frames, you know? So basically they, they're in a hole and they have to dig the hole slightly deeper to get to their like comfort level and then start to work out of it as opposed to just like starting to get out of the hole. So yeah. I think, um, just the way we teach is like when you're, when you're teaching defense and emphasizing like your side control escapes have to be priority or your mountain escapes have to be priority or your back escapes have to be priority. It's like, Oh, I'm going to let this person take my back. So I'm more comfortable there, you know, or I'm going to let this person take side control. So I'm more comfortable there as opposed to, you know, preemptively getting out of the position because you understand the, the principles behind it. Yeah. 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 Frames and it's it. The frames and hooks, though, I think that's such a that's a, such a great um, principle to then nestle all the other things in. Because you're right, I, it's happened to me that exact situation happened before, and that it's in that position where it's unknown, so I have no idea what's going on. It's like okay, they're about to get side control. They get side control now. Step one, step two, step two, you know. But before you get there, you should just be thinking about the frames and the hooks along the way. Then you don't end up where you're in like side control where you give them everything you know you have zero frames so i like that and it's also making me think like man 
maybe I should stop practicing Delaheva and reverse Delaheva because I have no idea what I'm doing and like I just end up getting smashed. Especially in Nogi, I'm like I can't grab anything. Maybe I'm gonna stick with butterfly guard for now because butterfly guards having two. You're having your are your legs frames when you're in butterfly guard because you can push them away, right? Yeah, like I would say your shins and knee, mm-hmm. like shins probably are more more frames than your gotcha. feet. Um, unless your feet are on their hips right. um, or something like that, then then it could be. Um, but yeah, your shins are typically um frames. So like the way I would I would maybe picture it is like if they're standing over and you over you and you have both your feet hooking behind their knees, your feet are the hooks and your shins are preventing them from coming towards you and kind right. of like flaring their knees out, you know. Right, right. I like that sweep yeah. with the double and you grab both ankles. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's classic. That's a good one. Yeah. So maybe a good practical tip could be, what do you think of this? It, for me, learning different guards or, or prioritizing playing different guards. Maybe I start with the guards that leverage more frames versus hooks for now. Right. Yeah. Because then if I just easily yeah, give up that... the, the couple, one frame or the two frames and then all of a sudden I'm smashed. Right. Exactly. I think, I think that is in my opinion that is working on defense and like you're you're basically working your not risky game so like again i think if like beginner people are taught side control escapes it's like okay once i escape side control now what you know now i just let them pass again because that's the only thing i know and then i just start from step one step two step three for my side control escape again um so yeah i think i think that's exactly the way you should look at it is like i'm prioritizing safety positions first and that's like guards with more inside position i would say the guards um mm-hmm. which is going to give you more more frames and uh yeah i think that's a really smart way of, of going about it yeah and then now that i think about it when you have all your frames worst thing that happens is they distance right they back up or they try to lose pass but even if they try to get in you're always framing and then when they try to get in irresponsibly do you use your hooks then to set yourself up for a sweep Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So like Gordon, Gordon talks about how like he used to play butterfly half guard a lot, but it's very difficult to force people to engage with butterfly half guard because you have no hooks. So you only have frames. And as he became more well-known and people were scared to, to enter into his guard, he had to start to get more creative and sit up and start to chase people through like a seated guard and stuff like that. But for the most part, like if he were to play jujitsu against someone who like actually wanted to try and pass his guard, he would play with pretty much all frames. And then when they committed that, that's when he goes into his sweeps or arm locks or leg locks or whatever. Um, but it kind of requires you or requires them to kind of give you a little bit um, of of like aggression or, or mm-hmm. offense. Um, yeah. Yeah. Man, it happens in chess all the time. You get overextended pieces aren't supporting each other one lone horse out there just trying to or knight or whatever just trying to do damage and then they get chopped off and then slowly slowly getting strangled in there but yeah man that's cool i feel like uh hooks and frames could be a whole nother episode that could be a fun one yeah yeah i think it's just a really interesting like uh framework to see defense through Mm -hmm. and just like everything um yeah, I think it's just a really interesting framework. And like even guard passing, you can kind of see through that framework too. Um, yeah, like I, I think it's interesting. And I'm I'm kind of starting to kind of scratch the surface a bit, but um 
yeah, yeah, I kind of like it so far for sure. <laughs> yeah, man, I, I see a future instructional less impressed, more hooks and frames. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Cool. But yeah, I think that's 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 a good note to to wrap. Anything else? No, I think that was a really that was a helpful episode for me to just kind of think it through with you. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely didn't plan all that stuff out, and it was cool to hear your your insights through through chess and other um, like things you'd heard about it. So I'm glad we uh, I'm glad we went over this topic. Yeah, super fun one. Um, yeah, halfway through, I could I could see your eyes light up and my brain too. Be like, oh shit, we're getting into some crazy territory here. This is interesting. Um, this that's just our brains. Though. It's it's fun to it's fun to talk about this stuff. For sure. Well, thanks for calling. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give you a call back next week. See you later.